So welcome everyone. Uh, I am Dean Jansen, manager and of the Falcon Theater and uh, movie critic galore. I don't know. Is that right? <laughs> I guess so. And you are? And I am Noah, super sun extraordinaire, and uh, just as snobby about films as uh, last episode. You know, I've uh, figure I've I've learned some lessons from our first podcast because yeah yeah today before we got started I brought myself a bottle of water and <laughs> I I also made a Jameson with soda and lime so that oh, I'm totally ready to go today. Loosen you up a little bit too before uh, before we start the episode. So yeah, exactly. So if you hear me drinking during the podcast just make sure and keep talking while i'm drinking okay yeah if you hear the clinking sound you'll know it's my water bottle with all the ice cubes (laughs) oh yeah you love your ice cubes oh i sure do okay so today we're going to be talking about uh some movies we're going to be talking about gladiator 2 the iron claw argyle and some golden globe slash oscar talk and uh, at the end of it, our question for today, I'll, I'll introduce the, should I introduce the question? Let, let, let's, let's do the, let's do it before we do the, the Oscar and Golden Globe, but maybe let's do the, the movies first and then we can tie it into that. Okay. So we'll keep the question a secret till the end. You gotta, you gotta work for it. You gotta listen for it. So you know what the question is. <laughs> I just, I just thought maybe if we told them the question, they'd be all, "Hey, we got to keep listening because I want to hear the answer to this question." But oh, that's okay. It's your theater. Hey, I'm just, I'm just the special guest that's here every week. I'm just so special. Yeah, you're pretty special, there, son. I've said <laughs> said for years that uh, you know you were a special kid, but the teachers yeah. wouldn't believe me. I know they said I passed all the tests with fine colors. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um start with the rumor mill let's talk about uh something you brought to my attention i wasn't aware of this and that is the making of gladiator 2 mm-hmm. yeah no i was just like when we were when we were talking about doing the next episode i just went online and was just kind of looking up movie news because like this is a this time of year is always kind of a bit of a it's a lull, you know, it's after Christmas, it's before, you know, the the blockbusters are coming and everything. So, you know, it can be a bit of a dry season, if you would. Um, but yeah, no, I saw that there is, it's finally confirmed that this year, uh, Gladiator 2 uh, is going to be coming out from, from the sounds of it. The, the plan is, as long as, you know, things don't change, which that never happens in the entertainment world, uh, November 22nd, 2024. Um, and I, I mean, I remember I've read online before about how, like, the the making of the Gladiator movies, uh, or the Gladiator movies, sorry, there has been talks of a sequel for, like, quite quite a while. Like, I think it's been in the in the works more or less since like you know late two thousands. Um, I've seen stuff going as like strange as like a uh, a story where uh, Russell Crowe would like re- like uh, Maximus uh, would return from the dead and. Like a little bit more supernatural, and everything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that from the sounds of it, they didn't go that direction. And thank yeah. goodness, because that would have been a big mistake. That that would have literally just felt like a, you know, a, a cash grab. Because like, I mean, I, I feel like it was, you know, you say ten years ago, the the hit thing that the 
Hollywood movies were doing was, you know, you got to do the Avengers, you know, big group ensemble. And I feel like now the kind of the trend now is either these um, uh, taking place 20 years after a beloved kind of classic. And wh- where are they now? You know, like Gladiator, and, you know, even stuff like the Indiana Jones 4 and then now 5. They almost did it twice. Star Wars. They're they're wanting to you know, go off of the nostalgia, I think. So sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I guess we'll just have to wait yeah. and see. Ghostbusters did it and quite successfully, I think. I think you know. We'll see, they, if they, see if they can do it again with the the frozen frozen one they have coming out now. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that one's going to be like because I really enjoyed the the latest, the last one that they did. I never watched the previous one with the ladies. I I never. Well, I think that that's a whole different. Like that's like a like a different even like universe. Like I don't, I think it's a little bit. It's not in the, the canon of Ghostbusters stuff. Yeah, yeah, That, yeah, could, be, that right. could be a discussion for another episode. That could be a whole episode yeah. in of itself. <laughs> okay, so Gladiator 2, it sounds like it's going to be set 20 years after Gladiator 1, which is interesting because it's basically 24 years since the first one came out because it came out in 2000, and it's 2024. So un- unwatchable, so. I'd say 0 out of 10 right now based off this. I just thought, you know, maybe uh, they will bring Maximus back because Russell Crowe will be 24 years older. So, you know, That's they could, true. maybe, maybe they'll just, he'll be a force ghost or something. I was, I was literally just about to say that. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <was> the seer? <laughs> now, yeah, I loved, yeah. I loved the original Gladiator. I absolutely loved that movie. Um, I think it was one of the first DVDs that we ever owned in our house. What what was I know I know the answer I know the answer but what was the other uh, DVD that was the other DVD you got? Well, that was the Iron Giant. Iron Giant, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Iron Giant and Gladiator. Those are the only two movies we had you know, on DVD at one point. I still watch Star Wars. <laughs> well, yeah, on VHS. <laughs> we, we didn't we didn't even you would have thought we'd have star wars dvds first but no no we had enough vhs tapes to keep you going yeah no kidding yeah um, so you know i, I gotta i gotta be honest like glad i've only ever seen it like i think the one time like on tv like not even like sat down to watch it you know like i, I know that it, it's been quite a few years i need to go back and rewatch it before the new one before i would want to go sit down and watch the new one yeah, probably, you know, a person wants to catch up on it because it's been 24 years, right? Mm-hmm. And what's, what was, who was the actor that was his last movie that he, he died during the film? What was his name? What do you mean? Like Russell Crowe? No, no, like the actor. Wasn't there an actor who passed away during the filming? Like it was his, his last movie, like all, Oliver Stone, is that correct? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Where's mother when you need her? Mother, mother would know this. <laughs> yeah, she probably would. Eh? We'll have to have her on as a special guest sometime. Oh, that'd be that'd be great. It would be us roasting her for an hour. <laughs> just be <laughs> great for us. Yeah, <laughs> but she's used to it. No, this one sounds like it's uh, going to be Lucius, which is the young boy who was the nephew of the villainous Commodus in in the first one. His nephew uh, is now growing up, and he thinks the world of Maximus and so because it's they they think because it's called Gladiator 2 that probably Lucius is going to be a gladiator apparently yeah I, I mean I think 
That would make sense. Um, I, I, and again, it's been a while since I did it. Does, does Maximus, does he not die at the end of the Gladiator movie? Is that not how it ends? Uh, spoiler alert. I mean, what if well, somebody hasn't seen the movie? You know, they, 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 the movie they, came out 24 years ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if, if you're listening to this film uh, podcast, I would really hope you at least know the story of Gladiator. Or if you do... It yeah, came no, the, years ago. <laughs> the, the the final scene is him in the field going to his wife because he died. Right. He finally gets to return to his wife. It's it's quite a right. cool ending because mm-hmm. so often I find in movies that you know they have this happy ending where the the hero survives and and I I always appreciate when they take that step and they have the te- the hero he, he succeeds but in succeeding he dies himself and i always appreciate that yeah, i i i agree um i'm very excited uh i, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, paul mescal the the man who's going to be playing uh, lucius um did, did you ever hear or see the movie after sun no i haven't oh it, it was it was one of those movies um that is is it's kind of like considered to be like uh one a major oscar snub uh it apparently like did not get any award, but it's a, if, if you have a chance, it's a very emotional story. It's a, like a story about a relationship between a, a, a woman who is now grown thinking back on a trip with her and her father. And I mean, I won't spoil it, but it's uh it kind of talks about the trauma in their relationship. And uh, Paul Mescal plays the father. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it is an absolutely, it's just stunning performance. So he, he's, I think more than capable of uh, being able to portray uh, at least the emotional aspect. Uh, so if it has that character. Did, did this movie come out 23 years ago? So you're not going to spoil it, but, but if it's 24 years, then spoil it, it, away. It, that 23 years is actually the cutoff. I will not spoil anything that is <laughs> under 23 years. <laughs> I, I won't tell you what happens at the end of Lord of the Rings. So I, I does, do they win? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. God, I remember watching that first Lord of the Rings with mom, with your mom, and she didn't know the story at all. I was super excited. We watched the first first movie, and what was it? Two and a half, three hours long. And at the end, they they show them looking off to Mount Doom, and she's like, "They didn't throw the ring in the volcano." I'm like, "No, there's (laughs) there's two more movies," and she's like, "What?" She had no idea that there were three going to be. That's great. Yeah. So yeah. So ho- hopefully, hopefully they can, uh, you know, do another knockout of the park. Like I know R- Ridley Scott. He's, you know, he's a very famous, revered director. But you know, he's he's also hit. He's hit or miss. Oh, big time! As as yeah. happened just before Christmas with Napoleon. Like that was. Uh, hey, movie. maybe maybe that it'll be similar to. Um, the uh, the Indiana Jones, you know, every every second one is, or every you know, alternating one is good to bad. Uh, except in like, are you talking about his movies in general or Napoleon? I'm or the second Napoleon. One? No, I'm talking about his movies. I don't think there's a sequel to Napoleon. Well, you never know. I mean, Bill and Ted's <laughs> Excellent Adventure, maybe. Well, lots of shit went on in France after he died. What? I don't think anything interesting happened there after. <laughs> No, it's been just status quo that whole country <laughs> since Napoleon's death. Pretty much, but they they no, were. I'll, 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 I'll definitely go see it. I mean, I'm excited for for it to come out. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I like I said, it was a best picture winner and a one best picture Oscar. And uh and I loved it. I I I've watched it many times. And and Pedro Pascal, I heard, is uh part of it. Oh. I mean I I didn't I didn't know that, but uh I mean I'll never say no to that. Like he's he's just such a he, he seems like the kind of guy that when he's you know, you see kind of a behind the scenes footage of him or, you know, him talking to like, he just seems like he just loves what he does. He, yeah. you know, is a, 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 an all around just good person. You know, I mean, I, I don't know the guy who knows he could be a, a, a big POS and I just don't know. Do That's just, you know, he's an actor, but I, from what it, it comes across, uh, he seems like a very just down to earth person. So that, that's for, good to, to hear that he'll be, and he's a good, great actor. For those of you listening who don't, don't know Pedro Pascal, uh, he he did this little show called uh, Last of Us, and this other little show on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. He plays the Mandalorian, so I guess he's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I hear he's going to be wearing actually the Mandalorian armor in the movie <laughs> in Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, that that would make for a good Gladiator, eh? You know what? It would be it would be cheesy, it would be corny as hell. But if I saw it and his say he did have armor that was Mandalorian esque. I, I that would give me a smile. I it would be it'd be so tongue in cheek, but you know what? I wouldn't even care. Yeah, yeah. It would. I I love um like when they pay homage to other things. You know, some yeah. people they they get upset with when you know people when in movies they have fan service for things, but I actually really enjoy that. I do as long as I mean sometimes it sometimes it can be heavy handed. You know, but it has to be a pretty, pretty heavy hand for me to truly, for it to me to pull me out of the movie. Like, I, I, I'm, I appreciate, you know, think about stuff like the Wilhelm scream. Like, that's been in, you know, people say it's famous from Star Wars, but it's been in, in countless movies, you know, and just those little homage to the ones so that have come before and everything. You, you probably, probably better tell our listeners a little bit about the Wilhelm scream, because a lot of them don't um, know what that is. Uh, can you, I don't know, can you, can you edit in, I'll pause for a second, can you edit in what the Wilhelm scream is right here uh, for, for the listeners? You know what? Yeah, let's, let's just pause for a couple seconds and I will make sure it gets added to the, to the mix. Okay, so for those of you that are still listening, that sound you just heard is probably the Wilhelm scream, as long as I got it to work, which I'm pretty sure I will. If you didn't, it's going to be really embarrassing. I'm going to expect you to have just made the sound yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just so, scream it myself. Um, um, it, it's it's such a like it's been in, especially in the '50s. There's been a lot of those, you know, the the Warner Brothers films of that era, the the cowboy films and everything. And you know, I think it was when it really came big is is in Star Wars. <laughs> Funny enough, we're going back to that, but. Um, it's used, you know, many times throughout the entire series, and from there on, yeah, it's it, kind of it's a stock sound effect uh, that's it's basically usually used when somebody falls, and uh, it's a it's a long scream. We've all heard it in movies, and it's called the Wilhelm scream. Um, um, do, do you know about what they discovered about it, though? No. So for the longest time, th- this it's I mean it's such a famous scream, but they they never knew where it came from Okay. until recently. So it, it was uh, 20, I think, I believe 2023, 
um, they finally found some old audio recordings. Uh, I'm just reading here. The 1951, uh, a movie called Distant Drums. And you can actually listen to the raw audio, and it has the guy practicing different Wilhelm screams. And at the end, you finally hear what is used as uh, what we know as the iconic Wilhelm scream. And what the sound effect is supposed to be is the sound of a man who is wading through a swamp and he is bitten and dragged underwater by an alligator. So that is what the scream originally was. Oh, cool. Yeah. I I didn't, I didn't know that. So now I've learned something today. That's why you got me for the the useless trivia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You and your son, my other son, sorry. And your mother all share an ability to remember useless trivia. It'll, it's not my retirement plan. I can't even remember what I did yesterday, let alone like all sorts of trivia information. Okay, know, we're so, gonna go to the we're gonna go to the doctor about that. <laughs> we, we've <laughs> uh, we've uh, kind of got off on a tangent here, uh, uh, so maybe maybe be a good point to move on to yes. the Iron Claw. Yeah, so I I'll, I'll let you kind of speak on speak on this. This is what you're bringing in and. And I'll be honest, I don't really know a ton about wrestling. And so I think you, you, you take the reins on this one. I, I didn't raise you properly, I guess. Didn't, uh, didn't introduce you to wrestling appropriately. It had kind of I, faded out by the time you were. Yeah. Like I, I know, I know the big, I know the big names and everything. I didn't know anything about, uh, the, the Von Eric brothers family. I knew nothing. So for me, like going into this, this is, a completely blind thing. I had never even heard of them before the movie. So tell tell well, us about what it's about and and all that. That's kind of what uh, why I wanted to bring it up. The Iron Claw is going to be at the Falcon Theater uh, for February sixteenth to the eighteenth. And a lot of people don't know what it is, and so I thought maybe I would uh, introduce it here, and then some people would be interested in going to it. This is the one that I'm most interested in of the movies we have coming in in the next month and a half. Um, because again, I grew up loving wrestling. Um, I I was young at the real highlight of the WWF, as they called it back then. Um, but basically, so the Iron Claw is, it's based on a true story and it's, based on an American professional wrestling family, originally from Texas. Um, and basically the dad was a big jerk who <laughs> treated, didn't treat his sons very well, but oh, got them I, I don't know any other dads like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was, uh, for him, it was really important to get his sons into wrestling. He he was into wrestling, and he got his sons into wrestling. And and I didn't really know this family, but it made me think of the Hart family a little bit from Calgary, right? And that's what I grew up with was uh, you know watching Stampede Wrestling on Saturdays. Like I I remember Ed Whalen every weekend. His his catchphrase would be, and in the meantime, and in between time, this is another edition of Stampede Wrestling. Of course, I didn't say it with the Ed Whalen. I should look up that uh, sound clip, because it's just so iconic, Ed Whalen saying that. Um, but I loved wrestling. I, I actually went, when I first moved to university in Saskatoon, 
I went to and watched WrestleMania four at Sask Place. They had a great oh, big wow. big screen set up. And uh I also attended a live WWF event at Sask Place. Uh Hulk Hogan was there, Randy Macho Man Savage, and of course Elizabeth. They were there. Whoa, 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 was... You're telling me you're telling me my dad was in the same building as my Oh, you just went out there. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, you're back now. Okay, here, let's let's restart that. Wait, are you telling me that my dad was in the same building as Macho Man? I was. And I'm pretty sure Elizabeth noticed me while I was there, but, you know, she had to go with Randy, Macho Man Savage. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to mess with Randy. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So, so anyway... Um, as I was saying, I wanted to bring this movie in because, first of all, I saw that it was made by A24. It was an A24 movie. And, and that, I, hey, for me, that's enough to get me into the theater right there. I know. And, and again, a lot of people might not know what that means when I say it's an A24 movie. But A24 is a, a movie distribution company, I guess would be the best way to explain it, that makes unique and interesting movies. Um, for example, uh, you might have seen some of their movies. There's Ex Machina. There's Uncut Gems with, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. That one's gotten huge reviews. And of course they did everything everywhere all at once, which was last year's best picture uh, Oscar winner, which I picked as the best picture. And apparently the Oscar people agreed with me. So that was cool. They, they, they were going to change their mind until they heard you said that that's what you wanted. So Yeah, yeah. They were going to pick probably something else. I can't even remember what else was on the, the list, but that one was... No, it, it kind of swept the award last year. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So, so yeah. So when I saw that this was an A24 movie um, and about wrestling, true story... Um, it's it's starring um, Zac Efron, and apparently he is absolutely amazing in it. And I have uh, heard that, and good good for him for getting out of the the Disney typecast and being able to kind of expand his his career as, a, as an actor. That's it's not an easy thing to do when you know you become famous so young. Yeah, and you kind of get typecast as that goofy love interest guy or the whatever boy. Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard he, he is. Very, very like he puts a lot into the to the character. Yeah, and apparently he puts on a ton of muscle. Like he he looks the role. Oh, good. Whether supplements were involved or not, I mean, who knows? But uh, hey, I mean, we tell people that that might get them into the theater just for that. So yeah. Speaking of that, on the same vein, going on a side tangent here, but I've been following. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman as he's getting ready to play Wolverine again and his oh, yeah. workout regime is just unbelievable and already like well not already he's been working on it for a while but when he's like they showed a picture I saw a picture of him the other day doing uh curls and the veins in his shoulders were just popping like he's oh, already getting that size wild. back yeah it's, it's amazing how they can change their bodies when they have a professional working with them and helping them do it. Millions of dollars are being spent to craft every inch of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I watched a YouTube video on uh, why this is, a guy was saying that this, the Iron Claw 
is the greatest wrestling movie ever made. And so I got thinking, like, what wrestling movies are there? Because there's not that many. But he compares it to The Wrestler, which starred Mickey Rourke. And That's a wrestling said, movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The Wrestler is a wrestling <laughs> movie. Go figure, right? <laughs> he says, his comment is that it's better than The Wrestler and even more depressing, if that's possible, because oh, they're wrestlers. Oh, yeah, because the wrestler is not a, it's not a happy movie. No, no. So I guess this one's not either, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. No, 100%. So um, the other one that we have coming in at the, well, hopefully coming in, I don't have it confirmed yet, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get it. At the uh, start of March, um, end of February, sorry, sorry, end of February, February 23rd to the 25th. Um, I'm hoping to have the movie Argyle. Do you know anything about yeah, that? I, I, I didn't until like when we were first talking about kind of the episode and what was coming out. And I think I had seen one of your posts and I, I didn't hear anything about it. Now, of course, because I've looked it up on the internet, I'm getting ads for it everywhere now. That's just, you know, they're, they're, they're watching me, but um it, it's it's in the same from what I can tell it's it's the same director and uh, I think producer or whatever of the the Kingsman movies um, which I never saw I didn't see the prequel but I saw the the original and the the sequel which I I mean they're they're again they're a goofier movie they don't take it there themselves so super seriously and and that's okay that's great you know I've I've very much enjoyed you know both the first and the second one so uh, to hear that this is in that universe, that you know, definitely piques my interest. Uh, as long as I feel like they can tie it into the the same universe naturally, and it's not just seemed, you know, shoehorned in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I like the Kingsman movies. I, I watched the prequel. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a a really nice fit with the other oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really like the Kingsman movies. Uh, this one, I I'll be honest. When I first saw the name of the movie, that's all I saw. I just saw Argyle, and I'm like, "What is that? Like a piece of cloth? Like this sounds stupid." <laughs> um, and and it wasn't until I saw the trailer, and I when I saw the trailer, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm excited to see that movie." And and mostly the thing that really caught me. I mean, yeah, it looks goofy in that, but the thing that really caught me is the people that are starring in it like Bryce. yes it does have it has a very stacked cast oh i i can't even imagine how they got all of these people into one movie like a lot started, of money a lot yeah, of money i, I guess <laughs> it, they obviously had money to throw at it now sometimes we we've seen movies where they throw a ton of money at the actors to get them in the movie but they don't put any money into the rest of the movie and it kind of sucks exactly, but yeah. i'm i'm hoping this isn't the case um, it stars Bryce Dallas Howard, which is like Ron Howard's daughter. Uh, Henry, Jurassic, the Jurassic World movies, yeah. Yeah, Henry Cavill, uh, The Witcher, uh, Superman. Superman, like I, Henry Cavill's great. Brian Cranston. Well, you're in this movie? Brian, yeah, I know I'm in this movie as Brian Cranston playing Heisenberg. <laughs> it's a, a bit of a weird addition, a bit of a shoehorn in, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it um samuel L. jackson's in it i don't which know. is interesting because he he was in the first movie he was in the original kingsman movie oh was he i forgot that he's, he's, right. the, he's yeah. the he's the villain yeah he's the guy that's yeah. the big bad that's right 
So I wonder if he's going to play a same character because it's... Or maybe a clone, maybe. Maybe. And uh, for me, the one that I'm most excited, when I saw him in the trailer, I'm like, I got to watch this movie. That was Sam Rockwell. Oh, I... He... Along with, like, Edward Norton, if I ever see one of those in a movie, I... I know at least for their scenes, even if the movie itself isn't good, which I, on the top of my head, like, I can't think of a Sam Rockwell movie that I don't really, I don't think I, at least in the minimum, enjoy. Uh, he, he always just gives such a memorable performance. Like, I would probably put him in my top five actors uh, of all time. Moon is one of the, the, one of, like, I don't know if I'd say my top ten, but definitely a movie that I would hold in high regard and purely due to his performance. Yeah, Sam Rockwell is my favorite, uh, what I would consider to be underrated actor. Like, he's not the big giant star that you see uh, in lights all the time, but yeah. I have never seen him do a bad role. He, he might not always be in lights, but, and this might sound cheesy, but when he is on, like, screen, he shines. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever seen, speaking of Sam Rockwell now, have you ever watched the movie Moon? I, that's what I just talked about. I just said that. Oh, did you? I, <laughs> so I, said that's the <laughs> I missed that part. I missed that part of your talk. <laughs> that's I, was, okay. I, I was reading. Yes, something no, that's, not... that's, one, that's one of my favorite, my favorite uh, roles of his. And it purely the, the movie itself, it might not be in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, but I, I hold that movie in very high regard. It is, it is such a, a great story and, and film. And well, he's, I the mean, only, he's the only one in the movie. Like he, yeah, he carries, carries, he literally carries the whole thing because he has to. <laughs> yeah, because he's the only actor in it. It's it's incredible. So, so no, yeah, I'm I'm definitely um, I'm excited to see uh, Argyle. I don't know if I would run out and go see it opening day, uh, but it's definitely one that I'm gonna have on my radar. That you know, if I if I'm like okay, I want to go see a movie tonight, that would be one of the ones I would strongly be considering going to watch. But if, but if you lived in Tisdale, you would come opening night. Well, I would, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, so this, uh, just a little background for you guys that don't know what Argyle's about. It follows the story of uh, a Ellie Conway. Sorry, hang on. Let me just get this right. Um, follows the story of a reclusive author, Ellie Conway, write, writes best-selling espionage I can't even say this espionage novels about a secret agent named Argyle who's on a mission to unravel a global spy syndicate. However, when the plot of her books start to mirror the covert actions of real life spy organization, the line between fiction and reality begin to blur. So, so she, basically it's like she's writing novels, but they are coming true. And so the, she gets involved with actual spies because they want to know what's happening and what's going on. Which yeah, that, that I mean, just from that, you're already going to have the the fish out of water kind of like you know being able to introduce her to the the real spy world and and in turn introducing the audience. It'll be a very easy segue to explain a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and and oh, and uh, John Cena is apparently in it too. Oh, okay. So I mean, I think we could definitely go on a limb and assume it'll be a it'll be a, a comedy type movie. I would say. Yeah, he tends to play a little more comedic uh, type role, typically, and and he does it and he does it well. So you know what, uh, I hey, good on him. <laughs> Have you watched um, what's the TV show, the DC the character? Peacemaker? 
Yeah, have you watched that? I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't finish the first season, but I did watch like a, a good portion of it. And yeah, no, he, I, I think he was, it was, it was a wise decision. Like he was very, I really enjoyed him in the Suicide Squad movie. He was one of the best parts, and I feel like they really it gave that character and him a chance to really show his acting chops and his his chance to shine. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I hear it's good. I'll probably enjoy it, so I'm going to have to give it a chance when I get time. So I, I was reading a little more about Argyle, and the director, Matthew Vaughn, he said he wants this to be the ultimate date movie. And he compares it to when he was young, taking a date to Romancing the Stone. And I don't know if you've ever seen Romancing the Stone. I'll be honest, I, I that doesn't even ring a ring a bell near near me at all <laughs> you uh, it was 1984 starring michael douglas kathleen turner danny devito was in it, it it's um kind of a it, it's it's a rom-com well it's not a it's not really a comedy well there is comedy in it but it's it's a a romance action movie kind of oh better interesting way to okay it. So I think this more like a, more like a, more like a true more like a true lies kind of like thing. Yeah. Oh, I love true lies. Anytime that's on TV, I watch it. <laughs> so um, he also said the director said right now everyone needs a warm hug and we need to feel happy. I'm hoping that people will come out and just appreciate that Argyle is warm. It's a ray of sunshine in a very dark world. So that's a lot different than the Iron Claw that we just talked about. And, and well, I mean that's good then because you're showing Iron Claw first. So you know if you're if you're feeling kind of down and depressed and sad after uh, Iron Claw, uh, make sure you come out the week after and go see uh, go see Argyle. It, it might make you feel better. That's right. Lift your spirits. Exactly. <laughs> so so another neat thing about this movie is they don't actually know. Uh, it's not released who the writer of the movie is, and there was a false rumor. Oh that was being circulated that actually Taylor Swift wrote this movie. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I know. It's not bizarre. You know what? In this day and age, you, you never know. So, so I was looking up, so who did write this movie? And so there was this lady, uh, that went and tried to uncover the truth about who actually wrote this movie and, uh, did some research and found that the, the, Pen name Ellie Conway that's used in the movie um, has another layer to it because uh, she uncovered that that it was a pen name or, or sorry using Ellie Conway she was able to track down a guy by the name of Robert Massey and he said he'd been approached about the project by a novelist writing a contracted spy thriller for Penguin Random House named Tammy Cohen. Uh, Tammy Cohen is a British crime and psychological thriller writer who's published 12 novels under different names. So they kind of think maybe Tammy Cohen is the writer of this movie, but it's kind of interesting oh. that they're not actually sure. Like it's not being said who, who it is like. Well, I mean, Hey, maybe if it uh, next year gets uh, nominated for uh, best, um, best screenplay, maybe they'll have to reveal themselves. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like they're kind of doing this because of the character in the movie is a writer and so they're using this as to to try to build some mystique around the writing of oh, this movie okay. i mean that's yeah that's a good aim what you got to do to market it that's that's smart 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but so moving on now from Argyle, I don't know that we have much more to talk about with that. Uh, our next topic is to talk about the recently released Golden Globes. And then just today, actually, the um, the the nominations for the Oscars came out. So maybe we need to talk about, you know, awards season a little bit here. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even realize it was the day it was being announced. And when I saw online today that it was, I, was, I <laughs> had to go right away to go take a look at it. I was very excited. Uh, I'm a, as much as... You know, maybe award shows, they, <laughs> some of the time, you know, you, when something wins that maybe you think something else should have won, uh, it's more of a popularity contest than maybe what was, could be considered the best of whatever, actor, movie, director. But I, I, I still, I have a soft spot for it. It's it's one of my favorite times of the year is, you know, sitting down and, and watching the Oscars because as we've seen in the last couple of years, it's it can be a bit of a crap show, and you never know what's going to happen on, on that stage. Yeah, like a couple of years ago, there when uh, they announced the wrong best picture, um, oh, or was... or or when or when Will Smith assaulted another actor and then proceeded to win the best actor award right after. <laughs> I know, right? Like, uh... you almost wonder if it's not uh, they don't throw that in there just for the for the lulls if they do they also need to win best uh, screenplay because that's that's such a great twist yeah when he went up and and punched chris rock like or slapped him i guess i i thought it was made up like i i was watching this happen and i couldn't believe that i when i found out that it was real oh i i i think my i got to the point where you know when you laugh so hard you uh you almost don't make a sound and it hurts like i was almost to that and obviously it's not funny when somebody assaults uh, a person obviously but it, i think it's just the absurdity that you know you're seeing these two very famous people having a, a toddler fight on national television it's it's quite amusing yeah and i know exactly it you don't you just don't expect that and and it, no. it was kind of kind of like a train wreck you can't look away so i guess yeah we can go through uh Maybe we'll for for at least for today we we'll cover the four main like the the big awards uh, for the evening. And I know uh, another episode before the awards come up, we can cover some of the smaller uh, categories that they have there. That sounds good. Yeah, like the there it's in March when they come out, right? So we'll easily do another episode before then. Another maybe maybe even two. We might even be able to cover some of the lesser known and you know some of the, even the lesser lesser if we really are. <laughs> Best foreign short film, the, one, the ones that nobody cares about around here. Well, you know what? The people who made the short film care about it. They do. That's right. And their families probably care. Their their moms are very proud of them. Unless they wanted their child to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Can't um, believe right. you're making short movies and no money, but you want an, <laughs> but you want an Oscar. Imagine if you could make long movies with free money. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it also kind of works with, you know, the Golden Globes just happening, too, because, you know, the Golden Globes is like the, you know, you can almost consider it the second place to the Oscars. The Oscars are the grand prize of, you know, the film world. And the, but the Golden Globes is very, you know, it, it almost maybe doesn't predict what's going to happen, but it kind of shows the trend of, you know, 
what's most likely to win. There's been a lot of uh, movies and actors who have, you know, won a Golden Globe and then later on the next month won the Oscar, you know. So it's very common for it to kind of show at least what is interested. But with the Golden Globes, um, you also have, instead of it just being the best film, the best actor, uh, there's two different categories of either best drama or best musical slash comedy, whether it's in television or film, but we'll be talking about, you know, film in this right. case. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I saying was, we I was, have, not saying we can't talk about television. We're just, no, we, we, we can, we totally can. That's, but again, we could also fill up a whole other episode with that as well. <laughs> that's the thing. We got to try and keep it to a, a length that people will still continue to listen. Oh, it's only one person at this point. And thank you very much. We appreciate your business. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Christian, for listening to us. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the one, one quick little thing I wanted when I was, you know, going over uh, the what won what at the Golden Globes, you know, the, the category of, you know, yeah, best drama. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, we all know what a drama is. And, I would consider most of the movies that are nominated these awards, you know, you would think are dramas, but they also have in the Golden Globes uh, best musical slash comedy. And the thing, the thing that's funny about it is, I obviously it's whatever the studio wants to uh, present their movie in that category. But some of the stuff that's won under what you would consider best comedy musical, um, you know, for the Golden Globes this year. Uh, the, the Holdovers, you know, it won Best Comedy Musical. Now, it is a very funny movie. I don't know if I would go out of my way if someone said, hey, did you see the new hit comedy, The Holdovers, you know? Oh, oh don't you remember when we went to it? Like, we were just crying because all we did is laugh for the entire movie, didn't we? And true. You know, but I, again, like, I'm just, I'm just saying, it is a funny movie, but would you consider The Holdovers to be a comedy? No, not at all. It, it's you know, totally and, and, you know, if we want to look at a more egregious example, uh, I believe 2017, the, the Golden Globe winner for best uh, comedy slash musical was uh, The Martian, you know, everybody's favorite family comedy. <laughs> Is that, I didn't realize that. No, what? yeah, it won, best, it won best musical comedy, you know. The, and it, it has some funny moments. I would never say the comedy The Martian. Like, I'm sure they played some music in the background when he was... They did. They played some really good music in the background when yeah. he was doing stuff. But, yeah, I didn't realize that. So, I, yeah. I was curious, and I looked up as to why. I, you know, I'm always, why is it this way? And it sounds like the, the best logical reason I could see explained was, you know, back in the day, you know, 30s, 40s, when, you know, film was just kind of hitting its boom... The, the two types of movies that you would typically see were the the dramatic, you know, thinking Casablanca, you know, it's a romance, drama, kind of a little bit of a thriller, and they kind of had a lot of categories. But the other was vaudeville movies and or the, the comedy movies thinking like, you know, Charlie Chaplin. Those were, you either saw a vaudeville kind of goofy, very physical movie or you see uh, something that's a little more serious. So that's kind of where it, it, it's the old trends, you know, that they just kind of never really changed the name for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, next week at the theater, we have The Color Purple, which is a musical. Uh, it's not a comedy, although it does have some humorous parts, apparently, from what I've read. 
Um, I wonder what category it will be in. Will it be in the musical comedy category next year? I, w- I mean, if if it wouldn't, then I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're drinking or smoking because that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> no kidding. Well, The Martian doesn't make any sense in that category either. Because well, totally that was the Hollywood Porn Press for you, but they're not around anymore. Um, so anyway, what, so the, whoa, 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 stop, stop. The Hollywood Foreign Press isn't around anymore. Oh, and you didn't know? Yeah, back uh, uh, this last summer in 2023, they officially uh, disbanded, and the uh, I believe it's the Dick Clark like production company has now who produced the uh, the Golden Globes before, and now that, I believe from what I read, they are now the ones who are running it. The the Hollywood Foreign Press had essentially too many scandals of sexual abuse and racism and a ton of different things. And it was finally uh, disbanded this last summer. So, so who picks the winners for the golden globes? Oh, I don't know. I'm not part of the committee. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming somebody, and it's, it's, I think still given out to, you know, the, the journalists and, you know, the, the press maybe, but it's not an organization of the Hollywood foreign press. It'd be whoever the Dick Clark production company now is is in charge of they would be deciding who picks and i'm not but, entirely sure it's not me i know that <laughs> oh okay you they didn't take your your opinion into i sent them an audition tape and i honestly never heard back from them oh bastards i know they should at least get back to you and say look you suck we don't want you but i know they're like please stop calling us <laughs> Um, yeah, but you know, what movies get nominated for what is always a bone of contention. Like the winners, obviously people agree and disagree with the winners every year, but, but even the nominations like this year, for example, for the Oscars, Barbie got seven nominations, but Oppenheimer, which, you know, was the two big movies this summer got 13 and everybody's mad that Barbie didn't get more nominations. There, there is a few um, a few Barbie snubs that I, I was very surprised by. Um, the fact that, that Greta Gerwig didn't even get a nomination for Barbie. As director. I, I, as director, yeah. That was something that actually quite quite stunned me. She's been pretty much in all of the, the kind of coverage of the movie. You know, the people have been praising her, you know. And it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's an easy task bringing a character with something as big of a, media and frenzy and everything of Barbie and bringing it to the fact that me as a 27 year old man went and saw the movie and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I laughed. I, you know, I felt the emotional parts. I could have walked out and, you know, gone right back in and watched it again and enjoyed it just as much. You know, there were so many, so many scenes and I'm, I mean, I'm not the target audience, you know, at least for, for Barbies. And the fact that as the director, she was able to make that enjoyable for, for myself, you know, that's a, that's not an easy task. I would say, you know, Barbie really caught me off guard. Like I I was expecting it to be kind of a goofy. um, I I did not expect it to be as deep as it was. Yes. Yeah. So I think, I think that's where a lot of the, uh, I think some of the frustration with that snub Uh, as well. uh, Margot Robbie herself just being snubbed for the role of, of Barbie, um, I saw that the America Ferrera, who plays the uh, the mom in the movie of the that is the daughter who used to play with the Barbies, uh, she was nominated for a the best supporting actress. And I mean, out of the two, I I personally would have if I had to choose. Okay, you or you is getting nominated. I know it's different categories, but uh, I would have 
picked uh, Margot Robbie's uh, portrayal as Barbie over uh, America Frere's portrayal of, I mean, I can't remember the character's name, but the mom. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent, but you know, you're, you're right. That was definitely a snub, not Greta Gerwing and, and Margot Robbie not getting nominated is definitely a snub, but the biggest snub to Barbie, you, you, you have to believe me. The biggest snub to Barbie was that they didn't get a nomination for makeup and hair. Again, and that's, that's uh, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) No, no, I'm not saying that they had great makeup and hair in the movie. They did, but that's not why, but it's Barbie. That's what little girls have done to Barbie forever is makeup and hair. How does Barbie not get nominated for makeup and hair? I don't get it. And they don't want to give it as a win. I, I get that. But I mean, yeah, I agree. At, at least it should have been nominated. But again, this is why at, at the end of the day, you, you can't take these award shows too seriously. You know, they they are not a perfect system. It's whatever, I guess, the Academy thought was best. We're not in the Academy, but we'll sure as hell have an opinion. Well, and that's what these award ceremonies are all about, is about generating... Uh, discussion, right? In my opinion, I mean, yeah. it, it's for them. It's uh, yes, a little, a little bit, a little bit of recognizing themselves on the back too. Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure, it's about patting themselves on the back. But for us, it's just about create. That's why we're interested because it creates our this discussion, right? So, were there any other snubs that you thought? Uh, um, I I was kind of like looking around online and and seeing like I'll, I'll be honest I overall was was very very pleased with a majority of the uh, the nominations especially in the main categories um the the Bradley Cooper movie Maestro uh the, the I guess the Academy really loves Bradley Cooper that was a bit of a surprise that it it has so many nominations um a few of the things I saw online um surprisingly a lot of people were upset that uh, godzilla minus one uh, didn't even get a didn't get a nomination i'm not surprised it didn't i couldn't have imagined a godzilla movie being nominated but um again from what i've heard it is a fantastic film um it has been nominated for uh best visual effects though um okay. so still getting some recognition um i've also seen priscilla uh the the biopic about elvis presley's wife um I mean, if, if Christian's here next week, he can he can give us a little bit of uh, coverage on that. He he said he quite enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I haven't um, seen that one, but it's one I want to. Mm-hmm. Again, another A twenty four film as well. Uh, oh. We we were just talking about the Iron Claw. Uh, there was I saw a lot of uh, react online that uh, people are upset Zac Efron didn't get a nomination for for his role. Um. Another one that uh, I saw was uh, the there was that movie that came out on Amazon Prime, uh, Saltburn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, so I watched it, and I'm not surprised it did not get nominated. Um, if the a few of the main actors would have been nominated, I I would have been pleased. I don't know if it was any Oscar winning performances, but the the main the main uh, guy in it, uh, Barry uh, Keoghan, uh, he he definitely steals the show for the for the movie. Um, very good at just playing a weird uh, a weird little freak. Uh, I want to have a, a quick he, little. He, he was the he was the guy in um, the Banshees of Inisherin. Banshees of Inisherin. He was the young the young boy, right? Yes, uh, he's also Dunkirk. He was in that. I believe he's the the boy on the boat that. 
gets his head like knocked in. Um, he actually is also playing. I think we talked about in the last episode. Actually, uh, he's in that new the Batman series, and he had a small cameo as when he's talking when Batman talks to the Joker. That was played by him. Oh, cool! Yeah. Um, so I, I, a quick little just aside about uh, Barry Keoghan when I was uh, kind of researching for this movie. So he is a, an Irish actor. And so, I mean, reading his, his last name, uh, Keoghan, I, uh, I was, I think like, how do you, how do you pronounce that? Like, how do I not sound like just some big dum dumb when I'm, like, you know, mispronouncing his name? So I have a, I have a friend, uh, who is Irish, lives in, lives in Dublin, his name's Padraig. So I reached out to him and I, I said, how, how do you say his name? You know? So, uh, he, he gave me a little bit of a voice note going over it and everything. And, uh, there's, there's a, Sounds like two pronunciations. There is the, the Irish pronunciation. Now, I, I've been trying to practice it today to make it sound right, and I, I might butcher it. But in 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 Irish, how it would sound is Keon is how his last name. But he pronounces it in what how the English would pronounce it, more anglicized way of Keoghan. He pronounces the G in uh, in his name. Uh, and so, getting talking to Padraig about it, he he was actually telling me that. Um, this uh, Barry Keoghan uh, actually dated a girl from his hometown. So when he had gone home a couple times, I don't believe he was, I don't know when this was, if he was like as big as he is now, I would assume this is pre Saltburn, which has kind of been his big, not big break, but what people are really knowing him for. Um, and he, they would see him around town. And apparently the one day him and uh, some buddies were at uh, a pub or a club or something. And, uh, Barry Keoghan was there with this girl that they knew, so, you know, they went up and tried to say, you know, hi, hello, and you know, they were big fans, and apparently the girl was not very pleased that the this these group of Irish boys were trying to talk to her boyfriend and kind of told them to buzz off, and uh, according according to him, he said that Barry Keoghan was was quite polite and said, no, 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 hey, you know, come and, come and chat with us, and he, so they kind of went and they hung out with him for a little bit, and you know, saying, you know, we're such a big fans of yours, you know, great work. And he said, oh, you know, Barry Keoghan says, oh, thank you, thank you. And asked them, so are you going to buy me a pint? And they're like, no. And so they just left after that. <laughs> but no, so so thank you, Padre, for helping me with my uh, my pronunciation of Barry Keoghan's name uh, for the day that Barry Keoghan will listen to this podcast. And, you know, maybe that'll win me some brownie points with him because he, he definitely is the, the, the highlight of the movie. So to see that he wasn't nominated, uh, mildly surprising, but not something that I would be ever losing sleep over. Yeah, he he was absolutely wonderful in the Banshees of Inisherin as well. Oh, now that was of of twenty twenty two. That might have been uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, movies. Uh, just with Colin Farrell and again with uh, Barry Keoghan. Uh, it's such a such a great film. Uh, Martin McDonough, you know, in Bruges, uh, Seven well, Psychopaths, I believe. In Bruges was uh, if you if for those listeners, if you have never watched In Bruges, it's a it's a drier film, but it is well worth the time. It is such yeah. a great uh, three three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and Seven Psychopaths. Again, those both have Sam Rockwell in them. Again, he he definitely when he makes uh, a movie, it, it's it's a very unique experience you know you don't really know what to expect going in usually very funny but also still you know has some very kind of heavy dramatic parts to them yeah yeah um 
so let's let's just go over the top four Golden Globe winners here. Uh, best drama, Oppenheimer won, of course, because it's the greatest movie that's come out this year. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what you think will win. <laughs> best actor in a comedy slash drama, which is interesting that they put comedy drama for best actor, but comedy musical for best movie, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Best actor in a comedy drama, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers. That I mean, I'm I'm guessing that's a surprise win over Killian Murphy, but uh, but well deserving. Oh, okay, no. So, uh, quick little just uh, here. Uh, so, with with the Golden Globe is actually Paul Giamatti and Killian Murphy both won Golden Globes for the roles. Uh, Killian Murphy won for Best Drama, and Paul Giamatti did win for Best Musical Comedy for the whole. Oh, okay, okay. So I got that wrong. No, that's okay. Yeah, no, they 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 both won Golden Globes. Uh, so and they're again also both both nominated for Best Actor. Right. So right, right, yeah. yeah, okay, gotcha. And uh, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Not a movie that I loved, but she was great in it. And I believe Emma Stone as well. She was also nominated again for Best Actress. She also won the for the musical comedy for the movie uh, Poor Things, the witch movie. Uh, the movie Poor Things. So that was the movie that for uh, it's, it's um, it seems to be a little bit of a more surrealist movie. Uh, sounds like a story of a, a Frankenstein kind of type thing. He revives this young girl and she falls in love with some eccentric rich guy and everything. And apparently it's apparently Emma Stone is, is a very, very good in it. Oh, I'll have to keep my eye open for it. I haven't so, heard of it. Uh, do we want to just quickly go through for the Oscars what uh, what some of the the for the main four what the the nominees are and maybe what our predictions are for what's gonna what's gonna win? Sure. So best picture, uh, the the nominees we have are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, which won the Golden Globe, Past Lives, Poor Things, which also won the Golden Globe for Best Musical Comedy, and The Zone of Interest, which is a German film? Yeah, well, and I was looking, and I believe The Anatomy of a Fall as well is um, actually, a, I believe from what I could read, it was a French film as well. So it looks like there's two international films that are going to be nominated. That's great, That's great when uh, foreign films start getting nominated outside of the foreign category. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I guess just a quick little kind of run over. There was a few that I I hadn't heard about before the nominations. Um, American Fiction looks to be about a story about a author who is trying to try to write a story about um, I, th- I believe like African American culture in America, and I could be uh, butchering a bit of what the plot is. This is a bit of a spark notes, but sounds like throughout the story, things kind of get a bit out of control and kind of spiral from. Uh, Spiral from there. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, it's a something like a court drama. Um, uh, married couple. One of the the partners is killed, and the only witness is their blind son. Which that sounds like a, an interesting concept. Does, um, yeah. Barbie. Barbie, which I feel like we're all aware of. Uh, holdovers, which if you don't know, you can uh, listen to last last episode that kind of uh, covers a bit when we had seen it. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, we, I mean, we've kind of already, I believe, discussed it yeah, a little we've, bit. We've discussed um, it. and it's been been to the theaters. Um, Maestro uh, is a Bradley Cooper movie, uh, starring and directing him. Uh, it's uh, essentially about the story about American conductor Leonard Bernstein. Um, I, I, 
the only thing in reaction I've really seen is people were very surprised that it was nominated. Um, Oppenheimer, which, I mean, we've talked about that plenty. I feel like if, if you're listening to this far in the podcast, I feel like you would know what Oppenheimer is. Uh, Past Lives sounds to be like a, uh, a, so sounds a bit like a Minari, like that one that was nominated last year before, uh, you know, a bit of a coming age, coming of age family, you know, movie, uh, poor things, like I just kind of explained. And uh, Zone of Interest uh, is a World War II movie. Uh, sounds like it's apparently loosely based after the life of uh, Rudolf Hess, uh, but of like a, a Nazi story or a Nazi, something to do with a concentration camp and trying to build a life as a German officer. So uh, definitely a bit of a, a, a range in what is nominated for, for Best Picture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so what would be so, what would be your pick for for the best picture win? I wonder. Well, I, I yeah, I I think if you've listened or at all, you know that Oppenheimer's my my jam. Uh, definitely, I think it's the favorite, and and it should win. It deserves to win. Um, if I was to pick, if if op, if it's not Oppenheimer, then I I think Barbie has a good shot because of the fact that everybody thinks it was snubbed then there's people who are going to vote for it as Beck's best picture and Barbie yeah. could be the kind of the dark horse. Very, very possibly. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. I believe Oppenheimer will be taking home, uh, taking home the award. Um, I, I know you were not a fan of it, but uh, I would not be surprised if killers of the flower moon did take it home um, just because of the, the almost maybe the legacy of Scorsese being the reason, if anything, um, I don't think it would should win over Oppenheimer, but if it did, it wouldn't be like it blew my mind. I'd be like, okay, I can understand why the Academy would have picked that. Right, right. Um, so, so let's let's just do a quick rundown of uh, the others. Let's not waste too much time. But the best actress, we've got Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, um, Annette Bening for Nyad. Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Do you have a pick there? Um, I I think it's it seems again what it what the reaction seems to be online is uh, Lily Gladstone from what I've kind of gathered. It, again, very you know strong performance. Sounds like she's the favorite to win. Sounds like even people like they they kind of almost advertise themselves when they're doing their promotion. It sounds as though Leonardo DiCaprio has really been kind of trying to promote her as someone who should win. Um, a funny little thing I'd seen online is uh, apparently when Lily Gladstone was in high school, uh, she was voted most likely to win an Oscar in her high school oh, yearbook. So really? If she did cool. win, that would be, that'd be, that'd be quite neat. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, for best actors, I, I actually have not, the only movie of the, that list in best actress back to that for a moment I've seen is flower, flower moon. I haven't seen any of those other movies, so I can't really comment on those other ones. Mm -hmm. um best actor we have uh bradley cooper paul giamatti killian murphy coleman domingo for rustin and yeah yeah i i i would not be surprised if killian murphy won i personally want paul giamatti to take home that award yeah yeah i i uh, i would be happy with either of them because i thought both same. roles were amazing and it would be a first win for both which is always a good thing too yeah. Uh, the, the one thing that I thought Leonardo would have been nominated 
for Killers of the Flower Moon. I was a little surprised to see that he wasn't even in the nominations. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He he got his he got his win though. He's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, for best director, the choice is Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest, Yorgos La- Lanthimos for Poor Things. I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Justine Freet for Anatomy of a Fall. Again, um, I mean, I, I again, I, I think Nolan is gonna gonna take home uh, the award. But same as like I said with Best Picture, um, if Scorsese did win, that wouldn't surprise me that the Academy would be giving it to him in the sense of you know more the legacy of Scorsese uh, over anything. But I I would I'm thinking it's gonna be Christopher Nolan that'll be taking it home for Oppenheimer. Okay, so this kind of segues us into our our question, our miscellaneous question at the end of the podcast. Thank you um, so much for, for waiting all around. I know that you've been taking <laughs> your seat and the, the suspense has been killing you if you didn't yeah. pass forward to the end. People have just been on the edge of their seat just waiting to get to this uh, question. W- at waiting the end, to right? shut this off and go to bed. <laughs> So uh, the question is, because this is what we've been talking about, what is your favorite Oscar Best Picture winner? I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you, go. you go first. You, okay. I feel like I've, you, you've, you've had more Oscars in your lifetime than I have. Well, so I, I actually went back and looked because uh, I needed to remind myself of all the Best Picture Oscars out there. And there's been 96 Best Picture Oscars handed out. Um, I've seen 27 of those. So only 28% of the movies that have won Best Picture that I've seen. I, my, my, and, mine, is, mine is less than that. So I, I have less of a pool to pick from. But. And, uh, and, and I looked in the last 20 years, I've seen 10 of the Best Picture winners. So I've seen half in the last, uh, last 20 years. Okay. So um, my, my favorite best picture and this really isn't a hard choice for me was lord of the rings return of the king i i remember being so excited when it won best picture because i'm a i'm a science fiction fantasy guy so for a fantasy movie to win best picture was in my opinion just like the highlight of of that but um outside of that because that is my fantasy movie type thing um i i think next i would say would be the godfather would be my next favorite best. Which picture. I mean, if you if that makes sense, you so many times you see the the best movies of all time. It's if not one, it's two. Maybe only be beaten by the second Godfather, which if you didn't know, also won best picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love the Godfather movie. I love the book. I've read the books. I I love everything about the Godfather. So yeah, that's definitely there. And you? Um. So yeah. So for myself, uh, I. I, I had to go back. I, I think I might have lost count and had to recount again. But but for if my my addition is uh, above a grade one level, um, nineteen out of the ninety six ones are what I've seen. Uh, my number one pick, uh, bit of a bit of a you know, it's not talked about as much, which I wish it was. But it was uh, Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance uh, in, from twenty fourteen. Oh, um, I remember I was. With Michael Keaton, yeah, Michael Keaton, Edward Norton, uh, Emma Stone again, who is uh, nominated in uh, Oscar uh, nominated movie this year. Um, it, it is it is such a fantastic movie. I remember the first time I watched it when I finally realized during the film that it is uh, 
the entire thing is framed and shot to look like one continuous take, I, I it drew me in so much more. And I have a bit of a soft spot now. I'm kind of a sucker for movies that do that. Uh, movies like 1917. Oh, yeah, um, that was even, so unbelievable in 1917. Oh, I, I seen that in theaters was just uh, amazing. You know, and even just may not be the whole thing, but even in TV, like you know, the, the, in the Daredevil show when they do one of those long continuous fight scene takes, like. You know, it, it just shows how you have to have everything, you know, planned and figured out before you do it. And it, it just, it shows so much more, so much more dedication and skill. Um, so that would be, that would be my pick. Uh, Michael Keaton, uh, he, he was nominated for, for Best Actor that year as well. Um, lost to uh, Eddie Redmayne, uh, who that year had played um, Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything, which... I mean, it's it's a personal bias. I very much enjoyed Michael Keaton, so I want him to win. I'm not surprised that uh, Eddie Redmayne won for Theory of Everything. Um, you know, it was a very, very great portrayal. Uh, I, I'm curious, though, with, with the recent news that's come out, if they'll maybe be doing a sequel, uh, Eddie Redmayne would be reprising his role as Stephen Hawking. Maybe we'll do a sequel on on Epstein's Island or something like that. Oh yeah, that would go over well. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. Maybe he wouldn't win if if that theory of everything came out now, be canceled. Uh, and my 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 second pick, if I didn't go with with Birdman from twenty fourteen, uh, it, it would have to be Silence of the Lambs from ninety one. I oh, yeah. yeah, I I don't like. I mean, everything about that movie, the performances are just flawless. The fact that that Anthony Hopkins, I, I believe, he only has like. 16 minutes of screen time in that movie. And in that 16 minutes, portraying Hannibal Lecter uh, actually gave him the, well, allowed him to win uh, the award for best uh, supporting actor, best actor. He won the Oscar for his portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in only 16 minutes of screen time. You know, that's... There's no such thing as small roles. Nope. Or small actors. (laughs) Well, no, there is small actors. Uh, True, true. They're so small you can't even see them. But we don't want to talk about, uh, you know, height high challenge people here. Um, no, I was talking about children, but okay. <laughs> can we talk for a second, though, about Shakespeare and love? When I was going back through I, I, the movie, but okay. <laughs> when, it, when I was going back through the best pictures, and I, re- I remembered in 1998, Shakespeare and love won for best picture. And I mean, I'm glad that it beat Thin Red Line that year, but how in the <laughs> hell did it? How in the hell did it beat Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, like, that was uh, that was quite a quite a choice on uh, on their on their part. Uh, right. I, I've seen it talked about quite a bit as uh, you know, kind of one of the the biggest upsets in the Oscars uh, history. Uh, what were what you know what? Uh, what some of the other movies that were nominated that year were? Well, I know there was Thin Red Line and Saving Private Ryan, but I'm not sure what the other ones were. Yeah, no. I, the Saving Private Ryan, I mean, I feel like that's the more fondly remembered movie. Maybe there was a little under-the-table cash that was slid to help them win. Who knows? But, yeah, no, that was that was definitely a, an upset in... Uh, I was in, pretty in, upset. I I was pretty upset when when it beat out Saving Private Ryan. Like honestly, that that first 
whatever, 15, 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, I have never in my life felt that numb sitting in a theater after watching that, the start of that movie. Like, it was unbelievable. And, and to think that Shakespeare in Love was able to do that with just one, uh, one award win at the end, you can feel just as numb. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're, I think, a little over the hour mark here. Is there anything That's else it. that you wanted to talk about before we're done uh, for tonight? I, not, not that I, I think we've covered uh, most of what I any, wanted to, to any, talk about. Any, I guess no, no, Star Wars, quick, no Star Wars news you wanted to throw in? I, I mean, I, I always have Star Wars news in my back pocket. Uh, Nothing. There's honestly nothing too nothing too big that's been uh, announced or coming out. Um, kind of going back to our quick little rumor mill thing. Uh, one rumor I did see, uh, sort of Star Wars related, not a ton, but um, apparently there is uh, a rumor that in the new Sonic the Hedgehog three, uh, which I believe is in production right now. I don't believe there's even been a date set for when it's released. Um, as we saw in the second Sonic movie. Uh, for all of my Sonic fans uh, listening, the after credit scene showed a uh, bit of a, a teaser for the next movie of Shadow the Hedgehog, which, if you know Sonic the Hedgehog, it's evil Sonic. You know, it's a Sonic that's black and red. Um, but the rumor I saw that kind of is tying it back in Star Wars is the rumors that Hayden Christensen would be uh, is going to be cast as Shadow the Hedgehog, uh, which if he, you know, if he's channeling some of his Anakin Skywalker, I mean, I could see him doing a pretty good, you know, portrayal of Shadow the Hedgehog, who is a very edgy, dramatic, uh, cartoony character. Well, that would, be, that would be cool. It would be neat to get Hayden into some voice acting. Yeah. Um, and then the only other small thing for, for all the other Star Wars fans out there, uh, Bad Batch Season 3, uh, coming to Disney Plus February 21st, 2024. Uh, with a three-episode pr- pr- premiere, um, and from what I read, it's actually this is the the final final season of the Bad Batch. It'll be, uh, I believe, May first is the the last episode. Which, I mean, they should have pushed it back to May the fourth. If they did, maybe I just didn't see. But it'll be that'll be the series finale of uh, the Bad Batch. Well, that would be good. Back back yeah. to Sonic for a second. I I just a shout out because I know my former student Taylor LeBlanc worked on Sonic 2, so I don't know, maybe he's going to work on Sonic 3. That, that would be maybe, cool. Maybe, maybe we can get him to come on the podcast one day and talk about his experience in, in you the, know, the film world. That's a good idea. I'm going to have to reach out to him and see if he'd like to join us one time, because that, that would be if, really if you're, cool. If you're listening, Taylor, and you reach out to us first, uh, yeah. my dad will buy you a beer. I will, or or I will even make you a beer. Yeah. Too. You, you can still have a beer even if we reach out to you. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, thanks a lot, son. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, bad that we have to make podcasts in order to talk to one another. Like, honestly, people, this is what we would talk about anyway, even if uh, we were just sitting in the room together. So Maybe one day we'll, we'll be able to make, make monetize and make money out of it. We need to, we need to come up with like a, an intro and outro for, for episodes that we're going to keep doing this more, though. I guess. Say somebody asked me that. Do you do you have a good intro for your podcast? And I'm like, I didn't even think that I was supposed to have. Honestly, I wasn't really a big podcast listener. I wasn't didn't even think of a of a intro. So I maybe I'll have to come up with something. I don't know. If if, if anybody out there would like to make us an intro, we we will take any 
any samples if you if you'd like we we can offer yeah. you uh any any movie that is showing in Tisdale for regular admission price if you would make it for us if either of our listeners wants to uh make us a an intro and a exit uh extra i don't know whatever uh outro? we would gladly accept that an outro is that what it's called i don't know I anyway so. yeah well thanks a lot uh for listening if you stuck with us till the end and uh Till the next time, I guess uh, we'll just remain movie stops till then. Perfect. Sounds good to me. All right.